Well, this morning, um, I want to go ahead and invite you to take out your Bibles. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 in a few moments. That will also be coming on the screen. Um, just a shout out, uh, this week I had, Nancy and I had some special visitors at our house, um, sitting in, in the house, and, and we were actually about to head somewhere, and Nancy says, um, we just need to hang out here a little while longer. You always wonder what your wife's got planned at that point. But um, anyway, as we were sitting there, all of a sudden we started to hear these voices, and uh, kind of like Samuel, right? But uh, they were a little higher pitched, and uh, anyway, went to the door, and we had these carolers from the Marion Bright, so it was really fun to have part of the kids that were coming around that, were, had done, that came by our house, I know it was one of the three groups, had a good group, and they all were wearing these lights that were flashing, and they had their bus all dressed up, and even we had an elf driving, so a tall elf at that, but... Um, but it was really a great group. The kids did a great job singing. Really appreciate, uh, I know, Cynthia and the team's ministry to our kids, and I know they had a great time. So thank you for that, and that blessing was a, was a gift to our Christmas season, so thank you for that. Well, last week we began a new series on the breath of heaven, and we looked at, in Genesis chapter 2, that when God f- reached down to the ground and formed man, It says he breathed into him the breath of life. And when the word we find for breath, as we talked last week, and if you weren't here for the last week's sermon, you can catch it online. But as we talked through that, the word breath is ruach, which means spirit or breath. And so wherever God breathes, it brings life. And so last week we talked about God breathes hope. So if you are, are struggling with some hopelessness or you know somebody who is, I would encourage you to go back. They can listen to last week's message. But this morning, we're going to be looking at the story of Mary. And we see God's breath brings an invitation to participate in God's work upon the earth. So if you have your Bibles, I just invite you to follow along as we look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and following. Here's what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Angel, or greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give you him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for what you desire to speak into our hearts today. Lord, help us just to be open to hearing your voice. And God, I pray that I would be out of the way and you would be seen. And what is said would bring you glory and honor. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Well, as we listen to that story, which probably many of us are very familiar with, we hear it multiple times probably throughout our life as we come to the Christmas season, but I want us to think about for a moment, as Mary gets this call from the angel to participate in God's work, that, you know, we look at the story and we go, wow, you know, Mary heard this story and we kind of know how it all plays out, and it's a lot easier for us to accept the story because we know how it ends. We know all the pieces and how it works out, right? So we say, oh, that wasn't probably so hard for Mary to say yes to that. But think about it when you've been called by God to do something and you're getting it at the front end and you don't know how it's all going to manifest. How is it really going to work out? Is this thing going to really come around the way we hope it will if we really do this? Can I trust that things will come round right? And that's really what we're finding in this particular story. Mary's getting something on the front end. She's getting a call from God, but she has to decide how she's going to respond to that without knowing how it's all going to play out in the end. Now, I want us just to think about it this morning. Have you ever experienced a call from God? And and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything, but I just want you to think, have you experienced a call from God? A lot of times, people, when they hear that word, call from God, we think of people that are called to ministry or called to be a missionary or maybe called to be a deacon. But I would suggest to us today that God is continuing to call us to participate in his kingdom plan. And I think that happens in small ways day by day by day. And when, if we hear the call and respond, it has the potential for life-altering effects, not only for us, but others. For instance, um, I think of Mrs. Thompson. Mrs. Thompson was my fifth and sixth grade Sunday school teacher and my youth leader. Now, I think back to when Mrs. Thompson somewhere got asked to be the Sunday school teacher for the fifth and sixth grade class, which was primarily made up of boys, Have any, yeah, I heard some moans out there. Fifth and sixth grade boys, right? So, but she said yes. And we went to that class and she faithfully came every week. She prepared the Sunday school lesson. She had to calm us down and corral us and listen to our stupid questions and our stupid remarks on multiple occasions. And yet she faithfully did it week in and week out. But you know, Mrs. Thompson didn't know that because of her showing up, it was in her Sunday school class that I came to hear the call to ask Jesus into my life. And it was in her class that I one day went home afterwards and said yes to Jesus. That totally changed the direction of my life. You know, because she was faithful. She she didn't know how it was all going to play out. Now, I did years later get the opportunity to tell her that. But when she was answering that call, and she probably went home many times and said, why am I doing this, right? And God used her. It may be the way when God has called you to pray for somebody or go serve somebody, and you went and did it faithfully, and you have no clue how it ever affected their life, but there are probably people that are in the kingdom of God because of your decision to pray or somebody whose life was altered because you served, and you didn't even know it. Or I know recently um, I was reading an article from the Life Support Center down in the Delano District, which is one of our mission projects that we help support. And Pastor Kathy was sharing an article about one of the persons that came through the Life Support Center, that there they came to that space and they found dignity in helping them in their struggling condition. But because of the love that they experienced in that place, 
they heard the call to follow Jesus and have just recently been baptized and, and it has changed their life around. You all, in your giving in some way, has altered somebody's life for eternity because you said yes to a call. So there's multiple ways we may be hearing God's call. So in Luke chapter 1, as we read this story, I want us to gain some insights today about God-breathing calling. And, and look at it, what we find from this story that we can hear about God's call when it's coming to us. So first of all, when we look at this story, God breathed to participate in God's ongoing plan. Now, if you remember in the story we just read, it said in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Last week, if you remember, we talked about Elizabeth and Zachariah, and they couldn't have kids, and they were really old, and the angel Gabriel shows up in their life and says, hey, Zachariah, you're going to have a son, and he says, that can't be possible. We're too old, and God says, hey, nothing's too hard for God. Well, we know sure enough Zachariah goes home, and Elizabeth, in fact, does become pregnant. And now we hear the rest of the story that we are now six months into the pregnancy. And so God's been at work, and now God has told Zachariah and Elizabeth that he's going to prepare the way for the Messiah, so the next piece of the plan is coming to play. And so the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, Mary, favored one. God is now going to put the Holy Spirit in you, and by the Holy Spirit, you're going to become pregnant with the Son of God. So do you hear? God's working the plan, and it's been flowing, and now he's inviting Mary into that ongoing flow. God's plan is not just isolated events. You know, sometimes when we hear God's voice, we think it's about this moment, this particular situation, but it's really that God is about an ongoing flow that's happening as God is growing his kingdom throughout the world, throughout time, and we're invited to take part in that ongoing flow as we trust and we listen to God's voice. And that's ultimately what's happening to Mary. She's being called into that moment. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I have heard God's call at times, and I have said no. Anybody with me? That you have sensed God is calling you to something. You said, whoa, I don't think so. Or I'm not sure I should or whatever. And sometimes because of that can kind of dam up the move of God. Or God has to move around it in some particular way. Now I just want to encourage you today that if you found yourself in that place. The good news is God is willing to forgive us. So when we miss it, we just say, Lord, I'm sorry. God, I, I pray that you continue to work your plan out. But just see that we're part of an ongoing flow, and our part in that is really important. Secondly, we find God breathed to not let our circumstances or personal perspectives disqualify us. When Mary gets this, this call from Gabriel, we find a couple of pieces of information. First of all, we find that the Gabriel comes to the region of Galilee to a town of Nazareth. Now, Galilee was kind of a back area. It wasn't the place they would have expected the Messiah necessarily to come from. It had a lot of political unrest. There was banditry. There was tax revolts. It just isn't the place you would expect God to be moving from. In addition to that, Nazareth, where Mary was living, was really a small little community just made up of some families. It was not on a major road. Hardly anybody even knew it existed. It was just a backwater kind of town. 
This is not the place that the Son of God is going to come from, it would be thought. In addition to that, we find that when the Gabriel comes and says, Mary, you're going to have a child, and you're going to have the child of God, Mary really didn't see herself as very important. She was like, who am I? I? I'm not anybody, right? I'm just a young kid. I can't do this work necessarily. I don't know when you have ever heard the nudge of God to do something, do you ever find your first response is to go, I don't think I can do that. I don't have enough money, don't have enough time, don't have enough abilities, not sure it's really God, right? All those questions that we come with all the reasons I think the enemy presents to us why we can't be used, why God can't work through us. And Mary was dealing with the same kind of pieces that were coming to her. And I think so many times when we find that God wants to use us, we are going to be the first ones to try to disqualify ourselves, to think God can't use us. But Mary, this young little girl, God is saying, I'm going to do incredible things to you. So it's really important that when we hear a voice and we start to, start to want to maybe move it away from ourselves, stop and ask God, is this really your voice? Listen, test the scriptures to see, maybe would this be in line with something God might be asking you? Maybe even check it out with another person that you trust their spiritual faith. Because Mary, when she is asked, is her heart at peace immediately about it and say, sure God, let's just go for it. No, it says her heart was troubled. Why am I being asked this? Mary was in the same position many times we are when God's asking us to do something as well. So called breathe then also with thirdly to, <coughs> to a time to let go of predisposed, at times to let go of predisposed plans. Mary was already had a plan for her life. Her family had a plan for her life. You're going to marry Joseph. You're going to have a family. You're going to join the community. You're going, to, you're going to make a home. She probably thought we're going to live in Nazareth. We're going to see our kids grow old. It's going to be a good life. And all of a sudden, the angel says, Mary, I got a different plan. We're going to do it a different way. You're going to conceive and have a child. Now, I'm, Mary immediately is like, One, I know biology. That doesn't work. And... With that, probably in hindsight thinking, whoa, what's Joseph going to think about this? This doesn't fit well with my plan. See, at times, God asks us to do things, and it's not going to fit the way we think it should go. But if we respond by faith, God's going to do something beyond what we can imagine. And if we can just trust him to work it out, it can be incredible, like what we see happen in Mary in her life. Fourthly, God breathed to calling her to surrender fully to the Lord and embrace God's calling. That whenever God's voice comes to us, it's really saying, okay, we want to be like Mary that says, I'm the Lord's servant. Let your word be fulfilled. God, I want to be used by you. So Lord, I'm hearing this nudge. I want to know, is this you? And if it is, God, give me the strength, the faith, the courage to say yes, to do whatever it is. It could be that, in, that invitation to teach a Sunday school class. It could be to make that gift that goes beyond what we think we have the financial means to take care of 
It could be that time we're being called to serve. It could be going and having a conversation with somebody. This is really, folks, what's so important about why in our daily quiet time, we're kind of positioning ourselves and saying, Lord, I want to be, help me to be open today to hearing your nudges. What are you calling me to? Lord, I want to be in the flow of your spirit. I want you to be able to move through me, speak through me, work through me as you need me in this day. Those may be very small, insignificant things, but we're just listening. God, I want to be in your flow and trusting that as God nudges you and you respond, that God is doing something far beyond what you can imagine. We probably will never see this side of heaven fully. Maybe we'll get the opportunity, but maybe not. Maybe it's a time God is nudging you to restore a relationship that's become damaged. Or maybe it's to encourage someone or write them a note or bless them or serve alongside somebody. Or maybe it's to talk to somebody who feels lonely or to pray for them. It may be to invite them to church or a Bible study or maybe even just letting them know that Jesus wants to have a relationship with them. I don't know what it is, but just listening for those nudges and then responding. You know, and I really would encourage, I know some, uh, many of us here are adults, but I would really encourage, if you're a youth man, be, know that God uses you too. Or if you're a child, look at Samuel. So, you know, being aware, it, your no age disqualifies us from God's call in our lives. That we're being aware of it, making ourselves available. In, we find in Ephesians chapter 2.10, look at these words. It says, when we are, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. God's already got good things he's wanting to do in and through you. He's already prepared them. They'll come in a flow, and when God's ready for you, he's going to prompt you. And at that point, that we trust that as we're listening for and we're surrendering to God's call, that we're going to experience God working through us and there's going to be an inner sense of fulfillment that we have been obedient. And finally, call is breathed to trust God to empower you for what God calls you to. Mary said, I'm yours. I'm surrendering. I don't know how it's going to work. Can't make it happen. But God, you got me. And look what happened. She becomes pregnant. She becomes the mother of Jesus. And she actually, God works out all the details that Joseph says yes to her, they end up moving to Bethlehem, Jesus is born, she walks through his life, and she has to walk through the crucifixion and his death, she gets to see his resurrection, all these things that become part of what she never could have imagined on the front end. You and I may never be maybe involved in those kind of major events with the hand of God, but I want us to know God is calling you. God is breathing his call through you that through you he wants to bring his life, that flow of life to those around you that we might be listening and responsive as the Spirit moves.